Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 278. In the soil, there are microbes. Those microbes end up in your food. You eat that food. Those microbes affect your microbiome and so forth. So we actually have this microbial balance with everything in our environment and it shows just how interconnected we are and just how important it is to look at the whole ecosystem and not something in isolation. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome Food Hills Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. 
Today, we're chatting with naturopath Catherine Maslin. She's a mother, a nutritionist, an author, a speaker, and host of The Shift Podcast. Since releasing her first best-selling book, Get Well, Stay Well, she's been on a mission to change the face of health and to empower people to take responsibility for their own healing journey. But first, two special announcements, Food Heals Nation. I'm obsessed with Osea Malibu. I am using their brightening serum and it really works. It makes my skin literally glow. And I do that after doing the vitamin C probiotic polish, which is this powder that you mix with water and then you smooth onto your skin and it just takes out all the impurities. It's really, really nice. And I love that their products are infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals. They are nutrient rich and bioavailable. So they're really good and hydrating and they they really work. Um, They're anti-aging and they help with blemishes. And the packaging is gorgeous. I almost couldn't take my products out of the packaging when I got them. I got the Ocean Cleansing Mud. I got the Blemish Balm. I got the Brightening Serum and the Vitamin C Probiotic Polish, as I mentioned. And they are beautifully packaged, beautifully sourced, and they truly work. And if you're interested in checking them out, go to oseamalibu.com, O-S-E-A Malibu.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS at checkout. You'll get $10 off your first purchase of $50. And if you're in the LA area, stop by the Osea Venice Skincare Studio and you can get in-house expert estheticians to give you a personal skin consultation. So I love that. Check them out, oseamalibu.com. Second announcement, I'm so excited to share that the Food Heals VIP Club is live. What is the Food Heals VIP Club? It is where we go behind the scenes of our favorite wellness brands to learn about how they built it. So if you've ever listened to Guy Raz's How I Built This, it's kind of like that, but for wellness brands, wellness businesses, entrepreneurs, influencers, how they use their transformational stories, their miraculous healing journeys that they've gone through, their voices to create the lives that they desired. You will learn the exact systems and strategies and real-world advice on how you can build a career out of the knowledge, expertise, experiences, and passions that you've had in your life. So the Food Heals VIP Club is just five bucks a month, and you're going to get all of this bonus content. So just like you listen to Food Heals on a weekly basis, you're going to get extra podcasts just like Food Heals, but we're going to go behind the scenes with some of our favorite people. So check that out. It's at glow.fm slash foodheals. Five bucks a month gets you all the insider access, and there's a free trial. So check it out for seven days. See if you like it. If you don't, no big deal. But it does help us. Your support means the world to us. So five bucks a month, two food heals, helps us pay for that green juice habit. And we're going to give you extra bonus content along the way. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Glow.fm slash food heals. All right, next up, Susie and I are talking to Catherine Maslin. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She is the founder of the international wellness company Shift and a regular voice in the media. We actually met at the amazing We Are podcast conference in Australia. Please welcome today's guest, Catherine. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Catherine. Hello. So take us back because you and I do similar but different things. And that's why we bonded right away at We Are Podcast because you are a health podcaster and your podcast is quite different. Um, It's very documentary style and it's absolutely fascinating. You know, the topics you cover are all close to Susie and I's heart. So tell us how you got started in that. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because when I met you, I thought this is the American version of me. (laughs) And we we hit it off right away. I mean, because you're so fabulous, you know. Um, But I'm a natural... 
<laughs> I'm a naturopath and nutritionist um, and author, but I got into natural health because I had a friend of mine that I was very close to that became ill. I was only 15 years old at the time and I'd moved away from my home in Melbourne up into North Queensland, which is the other end of Australia. And uh, she was like a second mum to me. It was the first time I'd really experienced somebody who was ill. And so I was kind of between 15, 16, 17, and I watched her getting sicker and sicker. And as she got sicker, her medication cabinet grew and grew. So she had a condition called lupus, which is an autoimmune disease. And unfortunately, um, I did go on to study naturopathy. And while I was doing my studies, Jenny actually passed away and she was only 52. So it really strengthened my resolve to go, there's got to be a better way um, because we have all of these people out there with these chronic health conditions that are getting medically managed but not actually healed. Um, and right. that's something I, I think that really needs to change. I could not agree more. This is exactly why Susie and I do what we do. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Um, this is the American version of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Minus, Allie, minus the naturopath certification. We got to go get that, but okay. I know, I know, I do. I do. Yeah. I just want to, I want to provide a platform for people smarter than me, just like Catherine. So that's what I do when I do. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, once I graduated, it's been a 12 year journey of just growing on that. And I have a practice called Shift. We have a physical business in Brisbane with a team of 15 people. We do virtual natural health memberships, which is a world first in doing kind of this comprehensive natural health care membership where people pay a set weekly fee and they get what they need. Um, we have a very strong emphasis on self-responsibility and the emotional wellness side of things as well. So I guess as part of that, education is really important. That's why I wrote a book and that's why I decided to do the podcast. And rather than doing a um, interview-based podcast, I thought I'd just do it a bit Catherine Maslin style and go a bit next level and do a, <laughs> a documentary style podcast. So what I did was I flew to the States, the UK, and all around Australia and I interviewed 25 world experts all around gut health um, and uh, we released the shift about three months ago um, and so there's 16 episodes in there and now we're releasing the expert series which is the prolonged episodes but it's had amazing um, recognition and an uptake and I'm really proud of what we've created actually it's fantastic. I am too. I'm really impressed by what you created because I feel like you were in a different place when we met and what you've created in a short period of time is incredible. It shows like if you, we put our minds to something and we have something inside of us that needs to get out there. I mean, look what you did in such a short amount of time. Oh, amazing. I mean, and not without hard work and a few tears, but um, <laughs> but you're right. You know, the things that we can create and birth into this world is just phenomenal. And, you know, I just wanted to interject. I I just was struck at how like everybody we've ever talked to always has a personal reason as to how and why like they got into more of a natural healing, you know, whether they became a nutritionist or naturopath or there's always a personal story behind it. It's almost like, you know, we had to go through that and either whether it's ourselves or some, watching someone else that we love. Isn't that right, Allie? Like, I feel so like that's true. Not, yeah. I agree completely. And I feel like too, that the people who, who I've met certainly in my journey, like, like yourselves who have these stories, you just have that bit of a depth of understanding, that empathy to be able to go, okay, like I really get it and I really want to kind of push this forward and help other people to get it as well. 
Absolutely. It's so true. It's exactly what you said, Susie. And, you know, I was doing another interview today earlier, and um, it was with a friend of mine. And she took the words out of my mouth that I always say. And it's because the same thing that has happened to me that has happened to Catherine that has happened to Susie, you know, had happened to her where she said, and I realized there had to be a better way. And I was on a mission to find it. And I was like, exactly. That's what I say. You know, It's like, we just get on these missions, and we can't be stopped. And so I'm so it's, it's, it's like, there is gratitude in the experiences that we've had because what we witnessed and what we went through, we can then use as a charge, as a as a fuel behind our mission to then go and help others and make sure it happens to less and less people. Hundred percent. And I think a lot of um, like the things that we say with our clients is that there is wisdom in your wounds. You know that where you can really take a health issue or a crisis and make it into a positive, you know, and we're challenged with these things and you can really help to flip around that mindset, not that, oh my God, I'm so unlucky because I have this or that and go, well, what are the gifts that we can actually get from that and how can we grow? Oh, there's, I love that. I could not agree more. Wisdom in the wound is such a beautiful way to put it. And I love that. And I'm going to steal it and tweet it right now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's my tweetable for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have a lot on this podcast, knowing you and knowing Susie. Okay. So take us back through like what... Uh, I know that your whole podcast was based on the microbiome and what foods damage it, what foods heal it, and what, what are some things we can do for our gut health. Can you take us through that journey? So what was um, really interesting is that naturopathically speaking, we say that all disease begins in the gut. And I would consider myself quite the expert in gut health before I even set off on this journey. But, you know, I think we had um, about 40 hours of audio of, of these interviews with different people. And I learned so much, which inspired me, but also terrified me a little bit. So one of the biggest things around gut health is its link with chronic disease. So just for context of what that means, chronic disease kills 71% of people worldwide. So not natural causes, not getting hit by a bus, not infections, chronic disease. So a chronic disease is something that can't be caught. Another word for it is a non-communicable disease. So what this means is that our gut actually has this huge impact on ultimately what are we going to die from, right, more than potentially our human genes. So the research in this is just phenomenal. So where we might think, okay, well, my mom's got diabetes, so I'll probably get diabetes. What we know now is that the microbiome that you develop and inherit from your mother and the way that that is treated throughout your life probably has more of a swing than your actual genetics when it comes to if you're going to develop that disease. So that was one of the hugest things. So in our gut, we have two to three kilos of bacteria, viruses, yeast, and archaea. And these guys are doing all kinds of things, everything from metabolism to creating neurotransmitters to keeping inflammation down to digesting your food to creating energy in the body. Um, name one function in the body and there's a link to gut health. So it's really, really phenomenal. So what we know now because of technology is so different to what we knew 10 years ago. And in another 10 or 20 years, it's, it's really remarkable where it's going to go. So whereas these days where everyone kind of has a concept of probiotics are good, there's so many different types of probiotics and strains that each one is very different. But in the future, I really believe that we'll be able to test our microbiome and gut and be able like, this is the formulated probiotic for you right now. So there's so much research and information coming out in this area. It really is exciting. You said Arch Archaea? 
Mm. So archaea are like something that's fairly not well researched but they're single cell organisms so they're not quite bacteria but they're living in the gut and I don't know a heap about them besides that they have a role and we're not entirely sure exactly what it is yet likewise with viruses viruses in the gut we'll hear more and more about I believe as well as we go through okay interesting yeah never even heard Mm -hmm. of them yeah, brand new. Um, and this, and ra- rather had I until I did this tour. Um, Rodney Dieter is a guy to watch if you want to look at microbiome research. He's a professor at Cornell University that I interviewed for the shift. And he has a book called The Human Superorganism, which is all around microbiome research. But he's not very well known. He's more, he's been at Cornell for 40 years and that's his specialty. He doesn't have much of a profile. So I would recommend though checking his book out if you want to know about microbiome research. It's fantastic. And of all of the interviews that you did and, um, you know, creating a documentary, which I know is so labor and time intensive and you relearn things because you learn it once in the interview and then you learn it again in the editing room and then you learn it again when you're re-listening or re-watching that footage. What is something that has really stuck with you that you didn't necessarily know or believe or understand before? So definitely... The part about chronic disease, I think more than anything, because as I was listening, I also had to fact check and do my own research as well and to to kind of flesh that out a little bit. And just every single health condition is on the rise, every single one. And if you do a little graph and, and future plan this and have a look, you know, we're looking at in 50 years time, everybody's going to have three, four, five chronic diseases as, as they age. And that's the kind of, lifestyle-based diseases and most of these are preventable and it's all because of environmental toxicity the foods that we eat and then also the nutrients that we're not getting in our diet as well so that was kind of the big standout for me because I had the concept around it and I knew it and I see it every day but to see those numbers and go oh we are actually in trouble one of the stats was something around anaphylactic life-threatening reactions in children have Mm. doubled in the last 10 years so that's Yeah, and that's highly life-threatening, as have seasonal allergies, as has autoimmune disease and cancer. So, you know, it's they're saying that now in 10 or 20 years, one in two people will have cancer. So this, the stats are stacking up and this is where we need to look at all areas and the microbiome is really key. The other really interesting thing that I discovered that I loved was this symbiotic relationship between our microbiome and the rest of the body. So naturopathically, we look at things holistically. It's not about the symptom, it's about treating the whole. But medicine doesn't. But this is forcing them to look at it because the microbiome research is showing our interconnectedness to everything. So for example, in the soil, there are microbes. Those microbes end up in your food. You eat that food, those microbes affect your microbiome and so forth. So we actually have this microbial balance with everything in our environment and it shows just how interconnected connected we are and just how important it is to look at the whole ecosystem and not something in isolation. So really fascinating. And I think it will take a little while, like um, a couple of the experts, I asked them, how long does it take for this research to get through into mainstream medicine? And the average is 17 years. Wow. So, so the stuff that we know now about the microbiome, in 17 years it'll become mainstream to the doctors, but then we'll have new research that would have outdated it. So that was a really interesting fact as well. This is why I listen to podcasts like yours. Like I'm not waiting (laughs) 17 years to hear it from a doctor in a white coat. So thank God for what you're doing. And isn't it so interesting? I'm not the first person to say this about like how we're so germ phobic and there's antibacterial everything. And nowadays, like when I was young, it was like, go outside and get dirty. And now it's like, oh no, don't get dirty. And, And really 
that's what we need to be doing is we need to connect with our earth and the food that's in it and be able to not only get it from our mothers, but like the food that we eat. Isn't that just interesting? And and also how like how much more sickness we have now. We need to eat a little dirt. Eat more dirt. Yeah. <laughs> but right. you know, we literally do, you know, like we wash our vegetables in chlorine. It's yeah. it's crazy. Do you think that's coming? The dirt smoothie? <laughs> well, Catherine, I think I, I think that's a new product for you. <laughs> you know, um, there are probiotics that you can get uh, that are soil-based, soil-based probiotics. On, we can market can this, the Australian dirt smoothie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, where would you get it? You would need to get it from the top of a mountain in the Himalayas yeah. or somewhere that's not polluted, right, to actually be yeah. able to not get toxins yeah. and lead and all of these things as well. If you could choose just one thing, one thing that people could do right away to help heal their guts, what would it be? Stop eating gluten. Um, uh, gluten is a big one. When I graduated naturopathy, I, which is 12 years ago, most of my patients, I would tell them to stop eating wheat. Um, I might have recommended spelt. I might have recommended rye. Um, but gluten, strict gluten-free, I probably wasn't so hardcore with. And 12 years down the track, like there's not one patient that I don't tell to stop eating gluten now. And, and this is, you know, largely for most people, I say at least out of your everyday diet. But for most people with most health, con- health conditions, gluten's just not great. But in the gut particularly, what it does is it increases an enzyme called zonulin. And zonulin has a role in regulating the permeability of the gut so if you can imagine the lining of the gut is like a cheesecloth if you eat gluten it makes the holes in the cheesecloth bigger and what that means is that you end up getting bacteria molecules and particles passing into the bloodstream that simply don't belong there and that then causes inflammation in the body it can set off autoimmune reactions and it also causes neuroinflammation in the brain so and this is just from one food the other issue with gluten is and wheat particularly is that it's high in glyphosate so in australia what they do is they actually spray the wheat with glyphosate before harvest just as a processing thing it is really in quite high amounts and we know from studies that glyphosate alters the microbiome as well so the biggest one is gluten and my second one would be dairy when it comes to diet for the gut um, just because the the molecules in dairy are really big it's a really difficult to digest cow milk protein is meant for cows who have four stomachs humans have one cows can digest cellulose we cannot we have a completely different enzyme and stomach system so what happens is people eat these proteins they don't digest and then they set off immune reactions and cause inflammation in the gut as well so if anyone has bloating or reflux or indigestion or any any gut symptoms, cutting out wheat and dairy for most people will make some difference at least. And cow's milk is meant for a baby growing calf to grow into a a full (laughs) sized calf. So why are we giving it to our children? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you have no other option and that's all you can do for your baby, by all means, you know, we've got to survive. But there is a, a way overuse of cow's milk. And um, as, you know, Australia is the same in the US where the Dietetics Association is lobbied by dairy. Dairy is a huge industry. And because of that, we've been told we need three serves of dairy a day or we won't get calcium or, you milk know, we'll become my sick. Body good. Yeah, parents get guilted, you know, by their doctors. Oh, you have to give your child milk, otherwise they'll get they'll have weak bones. So there's a lot of that. We could get up on a really big soapbox about that and talk about it all day, but it's it is definitely a thing. I did an episode, um, a two part episode in the shift called "Dysfunction in the Industry We Call Health," and I have conversations with a lot of doctors, specialists, nutritionists about this very thing, which is just 
lobbying from these big groups. So big grains, big pharma, you know, dairy and these industries that actually will drive what we eat at the end of the day. So people forget that, you know, they're there to make money. So if they can get us to eat more dairy or eat more grains or eat more cereals, then that's what they're going to do. And there's a whole system involved in that, everything through the education system of how doctors and dietitians get get educated and also through advertising, of course, you know, and this conditioning that we all have to eat these foods that just aren't great for us. If these foods that were telling us were great for us, we wouldn't have this epidemic of chronic disease. We'd all be really healthy. So there's definitely something that's not right. Yeah, the marketing has fooled so many people, including myself, until, you know, I got woke and figured out all this stuff. But I remember going to a chiropractor in North Carolina, my first inkling into holistic health at all. And his wife was a, uh, she did applied kinesiology and she tested my food allergies and she said, you're highly allergic to dairy. And I said, milk does my body good. I don't know what you're talking about. Literally from those campaigns of the milk mustaches, I was Mm -hmm. totally, completely brainwashed. I had no idea. And so now it's just like, yeah, follow the money. Susie and I always talk about where's the kale lobby? (laughs) There's no broccoli lobby, (laughs) like, you know? Exactly. And this is one of the aims with creating the shift is I really just wanted to create a bit of a paradigm shift for people and really make them think about the way that they think. You know, what why do I believe this? Why why is this is this do I feel so strongly about this? Because people are sometimes so strongly conditioned that they're really um huge advocates. You know, they're they're very passionate and they're very almost angry when you tell them that maybe this isn't the right way and you really need to ask yourself where is that reaction coming from like what is the belief system that's behind that because we're not generally told to critically think um, and and we really do need to and that's as you said earlier that's why podcasts are so amazing the internet is changing everything around this and of course we need to be a little bit careful of dr google but i think largely it's a positive thing that people can do research and read books and get information a lot more freely than they used to be I think so too. You know, when I was going through all of the things that I was going through with my parents, it was the pre-YouTube era. We didn't have Facebook. There wasn't information at your fingertips. There weren't opinionated people sharing their articles on Facebook that, you know, now I think like, oh, that doesn't change anyone's mind. But back then, God, I needed it. You know, I needed to learn about health. I needed to hear the stories from the other side that not what, what the mass media was promoting, not what the news outlets were, you know, putting out there, not what the PR articles were just recycling from, you know, wherever they were getting their information. And so the fact that that exists now, it really is changing lives. And the fact that, you know, people like the three of us on this call can sit here and create a podcast and put information on a platform out there that anyone can access. I mean, the landscape is truly changing and I'm so grateful for it. And I do remember when I was green juicing and I would make my carrot juice and like people thought I was nuts. And like I was doing something that was weird and now it's so trendy that it's out of style. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I don't know how much exposure you have here, but definitely there's a big conversation going on in Australia at the moment about this censorship of real information on the internet um, and the involvement of things like Big Pharma, et cetera, through Google and, and your standard search engines now and big websites that are kind of, you know, promoting information that they deem to be not science-based being taken down. Right. Have you had stuff like that going on over there? 
Oh yeah, I'm reading all about it. And it is scary because we should have freedom in what it is, what content we want to consume. And I understand there is a fine line because we have to stop people from promoting school shootings and gun violence and terrorist attacks. But at the same time, health information freedom is very important to me. And the fact that people who are getting too big in the green juicing space or whatever it may be are being shut down. And that that does scare me. So it's like, I, I, I got to stay small so that we don't get shut down. So the small amount of people we are allowed to help, you know, we can help. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's the beauty of audio at this stage is that people choose to listen and the content is in there. You know, it's not being filtered as far as I know. Maybe it is. Um, they can't we- get to us yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They can't get us. Um, it sounds not conspiracy yet. theory, but um, people need to look out for that. I think um that one of the search engines that people are recommending is DuckDuckGo, which is one of the new search engines that they say is a little bit more true to results. But um, I think it's a space somewhat, people just need to be aware that that is happening in the background. DuckDuckGo. Okay, I'm going to look that one up. There was another one I was looking at. Was it called Gopher? I'm going to look it up. Mm. Yeah. All these animal search engines. (laughs) (laughs) i'll figure out what it is and um hopefully mel can put some in the show notes so we know some alternatives to google it is terrifying isn't it it's like it's it's this very unprecedented age where you can access all this information but then what do you believe and i hate to promote this phrase but sometimes it's you know fake fake news fake whatever you see that all the time on these ads, especially with like, you know, cure this, heal that. When if you just dig a little bit and find reputable sources like you, Catherine, or like us, where we're, we're not just saying it's going to fix everything. We're actually getting into the science as to how and why, but still can be shut down or told, no, you be quiet. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's that's the problem is there's also articles out there that say apple cider vinegar is a cure-all and it will cure everything. No, it's a healthy yeah. part of your healing toolbox that should be utilized in your daily routine. Absolutely. But it's not going to be the one thing that you do that cures your cancer, right? So it's like we have to make sure that we are getting all the information at our fingertips and having a comprehensive look at our health because any disease that we have is multifactorial. So that means there's going to be multiple factors that contributed to it and multiple factors that we need to do to heal ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all the things. So anything that's promoting a natural cure, whether it is a drug or whether it is something natural, and it's saying this is the only way or this is one way that will work, it's like I call BS on that. Mm, 100%. I think we are moving into... Uh, slowly, but this a little bit more of a mindset of people really understanding the holism of things and going away from this sort of medical model of compartmentalizing and going, okay, well, you have this symptom, take this pill, which is going to target that area right there. And people really need to understand that they're a whole person that is complicated, you know, with their physiology, their emotions, their background, their genetics, their microbiome. And once we really get that, I think that that will be, there'll be more and more people that are naturally going to explore that and find out what are the pieces for them that make the most sense. 100%. I'm with you. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk to Catherine about women's health and fertility and really the importance of emotional wellness and healing your trauma. We'll be right back. All right. I hope you're enjoying our interview with Catherine Maslin. She's so much fun. And you know what we're talking about today is things that we do internally to our bodies to heal them or to harm them. And one of the most important things that we all need to remember and recognize is what we're putting on our skin every day. So this is such 
an important topic. Our skin care, whatever we put on our skin goes directly into our bloodstream. And so we want to be using products that we can trust, products that are organic, sustainably sourced with active botanicals that are really good and healing for the body and aren't damaging, aren't full of chemicals. And that is why I love Osea Malibu. Osea puts your health and the health of our planet first with potent skincare and body care solutions that are pure and safe and effective. And you know, their whole line is built on these four pillars, ocean, sun, earth and atmosphere and pulls from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly effective. And so, you know, right now I've been playing with the ocean cleansing mud and the vitamin C probiotic polish to really get my skin fresh and clean. And then I follow up with the blemish balm or the brightening serum, depending on what I need that day. And I really do see a difference. My skin is pretty radiant, I would say. This is great for blemish solutions as well. It's anti-aging, it's hydrating. Everything that they do is non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. So if you want to check it out, go to oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E malibu.com. Use a coupon code FOODHEALS at checkout. You'll get $10 off your first purchase of $50. So use skincare that you trust. Osea Malibu is a trusted source that's really going to help your skin. It really is a skin superfood. So check them out again, oseamalibu.com. Coupon code FOODHEALS. And don't forget to check out the brand new Food Heals VIP Club and become an insider. For just five bucks a month, you're going to get bonus content every single month delivered to your podcast app wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really, really cool. You can listen right on Apple Podcasts, on Overcast, which I love. Anywhere you listen, you're going to get these downloaded straight to your phone for five bucks a month. And you're really going to go behind the scenes of some of our favorite podcast guests and learn how they built their dreams how they built their wellness businesses, how they took their transformational life journeys, their stories, their traumas, and turned it into something blissful. We talk a lot about manifestation, and it's really about how they manifested the next level, the next steps in their lives, and how you can do that too, if that's something that you aspire to do. So if you want to be a health coach, we talked to Evita Rampart about her journey into health coaching and how you can do it too. We talked to Sarah Centrella about how she's the manifesting gangsta. She calls herself, she quit her nine to five to become this author, coach, speaker, blogger, and workshop leader, and all using future boards, which is a fascinating concept. You heard her on the original show. So this is where we go a little bit deeper into that. We talked to Kate Erickson about her journey into podcasting and entrepreneurship and how podcasting is one of the most powerful powerful mediums to connect with your audience and, you know, what she's done with that and how she has created a life for herself and for her partner, John, where they can literally go travel for three months straight and have their business running in the background. Um, We talk a lot with Laura Powers. She is a guest you've heard on the show multiple times and, you know, how her six podcasts have truly changed her life and give her that laptop lifestyle that many of us aspire to and dream about and are faking it on Instagram, right? (laughs) Um, But she is truly doing it and she tells us, you know, exactly how she does it. We also talked to Ronsley Vass on how he got debt free. Um, He was $500,000 in debt. And now he is killing it doing multiple businesses. He has his agency, he does events, and he has multiple podcasts that are just killing it in the online space. He took some big risks that truly paid off. Um, We talked to Chris McPeak about time management and self care and how to elevate your eight. And it's a really fascinating conversation with her. So you can create more productive time in your day. 
We talked to Michael O'Neill about how to be proudly unemployable and really how to save time and money by creating automations. And these are things you probably won't hear about anywhere else. They're really, really unique. And we talked to Tony Okamoto. She's a podcaster, a blogger, a speaker, an author of Plant Based on a Budget. And we really go behind the scenes of her business to talk about how she went from broke to having multiple streams of passive income, which gave her the space to write her books and accomplish her other goals and dreams. So it's a really, really fun and interesting show. I know you're going to love it, Food Heals Nation. If this sounds interesting to you, we love your support. That $5 a month definitely helps support my personal green juice habit. So appreciate that so much. Go to glow.fm slash food heals and you can sign up to be an insider. Five bucks a month is all it is to get all that bonus content. I hope to see you inside the Food Heals VIP Club. All right, now back to my interview with Catherine. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, we're back with Catherine. Susie had to take off, but I'm so excited to continue this conversation. And I really want to get into um, women's health and fertility and how that's related to our microbiome and what are the things that we can do to boost our fertility. You know, I'm so sick of hearing, Catherine, that when you're over 35, you have a geriatric pregnancy and like all the, the, the buzzwords that they say to scare women into, you know, that they need all these things to have a child and boost your fertility. Can you, can you break that down for us? What is the truth? I think it's really interesting because quite often um, we get clients coming into the clinic and they're terrified that they're not going to be able to fall pregnant, terrified. And what I say to them is one in six couples experience infertility, which means five in six don't. So it is, it's most likely that you're not going to have an issue. However, we do want to be a little bit proactive and do a bit of planning. And this is for you, um, but also for the health of your child. Um, So what I would say to people is, and obviously babies aren't always planned and they often aren't, but if you have the opportunity and it's in your mind that you're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to stop using contraception and see what happens, then it is worthwhile doing what I call a little bit of preconception care. So the reason why people have a, a bit of issues with fertility these days is largely due to environmental toxicity. Um, so this is too many what we call xenoestrogens or endocrine-disrupting chemicals in the environment, and we can talk about where they come from in a moment. Um, also eating too many of the foods they shouldn't be, so refined carbohydrates, sugars, you know, trans fats, foods that are actually causing inflammation and damage to the DNA of the body, and then simply not getting enough nutrition to make a quality egg and sperm. So they're sort of the major factors that people need to look at. So if you're wanting to have a baby, this is where you need to look. You need to look at cleaning up the environment, cutting toxicity out of your diet, improving the nutrients so that you've got enough there to have that healthy egg and sperm, and also addressing your stress levels and seeing how that feeds into things too. So it is a really big issue. Unfortunately, a lot of the clients come to us when they've already been trying for, you know, a year, two years, eight years, sometimes going through IVF and going through all this stuff. So it's really heartbreaking for people at that point. You know, the infertility is, they show in studies, is second really only to losing a loved one in the stress that it can cause in people's lives. Um, Every time these women go through a cycle and aren't pregnant, they go through a loss and grieving process. And then that can be happening, you know, you're talking 12, 24 cycles in a row. It can really, really take its toll. So what we want to look at is, okay, well, what are all the factors and what are all the pieces for you? So not everybody might need to be taking every herb, but for certain people, there's going to be different patterns that show up 
So one of the big ones is environmental toxicity. And this is something I think that we all need to have a look at. Um, I interviewed Dr. Ailey Cohen, who wrote a textbook on this for The Shift, and she was talking about it in the US. And it's very similar to here. So there's a number of environmental toxins that affect our hormones and have been associated with conditions like infertility, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, and those type of things. And uh, these endocrine disrupting chemicals come from plastics, so bisphenol chemicals. And I want to just make mention here, because I'm sure most of your listeners would have heard of BPA, but when a plastic is BPA-free, it has other bisphenol chemicals, so BPS, BPD. And BPS, for example, has been shown to be up to 100 times more potent than BPA, and it's much less studied. So it really... Oh, my God. Yes, yes. And this is what happens because it's industry, right? So they know that BPA needs to be taken out. They take it out, but they don't mention the other stuff. And then us as consumers think we're doing the right thing. We're buying BPA-free baby bottles for our babies. We're drinking out of our water bottles. Um, We're having perhaps even um, coffee cups, stuff like that, that are supposed to be BPA-free, but they've actually got other bisphenol chemicals in them. It's the same thing as when they take out things like it's fat-free. They take out all the fat, then they load it with sugar. It's gluten-free, and then they load it with something else, and it's just it's still garbage. Exactly. So I would be cautious on anything that says that it's something free. (laughs) What what, what have they replaced that with? (laughs) The other thing to mention around BPA that people don't realize is that when you heat plastic, it releases up to 55 times more BPA into your food or drink. So some very good examples of that is using your Tupperware or plastic in the microwave, big no-no, canned food, which is lined with plastic and then heat treated to preserve it. And the other huge one is coffee. So both coffee cups are lined with plastic or they might be polystyrene, or K-cups. So when I travelled around the US, every single hotel I stayed at had K-cups, you know, and also everything was plastic. The cutlery was plastic, the cups were plastic, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is a major problem. So if you can imagine you're putting this plastic coffee pod, it's putting piping hot water through it, and then you're putting it in a plastic-lined coffee cup and you're drinking that every single day, day in, day out. That will severely impact your hormones because BPA is estrogenic in the body. So what happens then is it then binds to your estrogen receptors, it turns it up, and it means you're much more likely to get conditions like breast cancer, endometriosis. Okay, so... That's the big first big one. The other really big one is anything with fragrance in it. So anything that smells and has a scent has fragrance. And it will say on the label literally fragrance or parfum, really easy to identify. But those fragrances are preserved with phthalates. So phthalates are spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S, so for phthalates. <laughs> um, but these phthalate chemicals actually have a, an endocrine disrupting effect in the body as well, and they're highly associated with infertility and, again, PCOS, endometriosis, and breast cancer. Interestingly, most breast cancer occurs on the outer third of the breast, which is where women put their deodorant on. There's a lot of stuff that shows this. So it's a really easy one. If you're listening to this podcast, go around your home and have a look at what you're using. Dishwashing liquid, body wash, hand wash, soap, shampoo and conditioners, any personal care items that you're using, any cleaning products that you use. And what you'll find is unless you've gone down the natural route already, is that you're using these things every single day throughout your home. So there, uh, there is a lot that we can do to eliminate that. And that's really education around stopping using plastic, switching to glass, stainless steel ceramics instead, and looking at using only products that are fragranced with essential oils. So not having these chemical fragrances in them. And simply by doing those two things, it will 
you'll actually cut out a huge proportion of, of the stuff that you're exposed to every day. Um, the other really big source of, of chemical toxins are pesticides. So eating organic is, is really important and another really important thing you can do. And I know it can be really difficult because obviously you have listeners all over the world probably and depending on what you can get or grow or source. But what I would recommend um, is having a look at the Environmental Working Group's Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 list, which is released every year. And this will give you an idea of which are the dirtiest fruit and veggies, the 12 that have the most pesticides and which don't have much at all. And at least then you can make informed choices. So for instance, apples are always really high up there. So if you love apples and you're eating an apple every day, you might consider switching to something like pineapple that's been shown to have much lower levels of toxins. So there's right, and strawberries too, which is my favorite. It's always I know. at the top of the dirty <laughs> Me too. Berries. And, and it's so tough, isn't it? Because some of these foods are the healthiest you would, you would think, but then yeah. you're getting these doses of pesticides in them as well. Yeah. And going back to the products that are in our household, I think it was the environmental working group that had the stat, but it was something like the average woman uses 12 products a day and that exposes you to 168 unique chemicals. And so that's just in a day. 168. And that's just in your home. And then you go to the office and there's different cleaning chemicals and hand wash and those horrible fragrance things that spray at you when you're in the bathroom that I hate. Um, I hate them. Yeah, everywhere. Um, In your car, potentially, you know, you've got deodorizers and things like that as well. Like I hate it when I... I can't get in an Uber when they have those smelly things. I'm like, get me out of here. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. And you're just like, oh God, I was um, in an Uber the other day and it was raining. And I had to put the window down. He um, probably rated me one star, I'm sure, but I could not he probably breathe. Did. You're, he, but you're like, I can't breathe. You're getting one star right back at you. I tell, <laughs> I tell them, I don't care what they think of me. I don't care. I like my Uber rating, but it's not sacred enough for me not to say anything. I'm literally like, that's toxic. You shouldn't have it in here. It's really bad for you. Yep. And it's harming you, you and your passengers. I say it nicely. I try to start a really nice conversation. Um, but And some people are open to it. And some people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's still worth it because if you affect one person out of 10, I think it's worth it. Absolutely. And we all know like it's a time thing and a, and a information repet- repetition thing. We all know that person sure. that we've told about something once and then they come back like a year later and go, oh, I heard this on oh, TV yeah. and now I'm doing this. So it works eventually. Like, I told you that a year ago, bitch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we get it with couples. Just couples story. come in for a consultation. Um, I'll say something like, I've been telling you to do that for a year. It's like, yeah, it doesn't work right. though. It doesn't work. You can't tell your partner what to do. It just never works. <laughs> There's a really good episode of Modern Family on this where the whole time the wife, Claire, is mad at the husband and you don't know why. And in the end, it's it's the fact is, is that she always recommended this salad and he never ate it. And then he went to dinner with his friend and his friend recommended the salad. And he was like, you know what, Claire? I just love this salad. And she wouldn't speak to him for like a week. She was like, I told you about the salad. <laughs> Yeah. And I bet there's people listening right now that are like, yep, that's totally happened to me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Let me go back to fertility for just a moment. Um, because I do know a story of a friend of mine. She had done the IVF multiple times and was unable to conceive and then started working with functional medicine practitioner who um, specialized in fertility and got pregnant right away. And one of the things that she had to do that a lot of women are guilty of is she had to give up her Starbucks habit because she would go to Starbucks every day and get a plastic cup. And there are endocrine disruptors, just as you said, in the top of the cup in uh, Starbucks. And I'm sure many other places, Starbucks is just the example because it's everywhere. But A, 
bring your own glass, bring your own mug, bring your own cup, BPA free, all the things. I, I just bring a glass from home. I just brought it the other day to my favorite matcha place called Cha Cha Matcha. First of all, you get 25 cents off, which I know is not a lot, but hey, that's a, a meter I could feed her over a year. If I did it every day, that could be like a hundred bucks. I don't know. But I brought my own glass and they literally say, thank you so much for bringing your own glass. Like they love it. And then you're not being exposed to those chemicals. And then for me, I was having a healthy drink. So I have my healthy matcha drink. But if you're going to do the coffee and hopefully you don't do it with all the sugar and chemical laden syrups, but if you're going to do it, at least bring your own glass. You're not getting that heated up plastic, just like you said. Yep, that's right. And it's the little things, you know, all of these little things add up over time and it can seem really overwhelming because you're like you've got to stop this and this and this and this but really if you just chip away at it and go all right well I've I've got the information and I just need to really work through this for a lot of my patients there's certain things I get them to bin such as margarine but for a lot of them they want to work through their pantry like okay I'm going to use up what I've got I don't want to waste I'm like that's okay you can do that we've just got to take time I think people really overestimate what they can get done in a short period of time but underestimate what they can get done in a longer period of time and this is where it's really about that journey you've got to give yourself time to change and time to heal and then be kind with yourself that you don't have to do everything at once and if you don't do everything at once you're not a failure because of it yeah that's a really good point and well well said it's like we can't judge ourselves we have to be gentle with ourselves do one thing at a time you'll start feeling a little bit better each day eating more foods that counteract some of these toxins can you talk a little bit about that because we know that we're we're ingesting all these things environmentally sometimes voluntarily sometimes not voluntarily so what are some things that we can do to counteract what's happening to us regardless of how good we're doing So every single minute of every single day, your body is detoxifying, um, regardless of what's thrown at us. So our our body produces natural metabolites that we need to detox. So because we have this inundation of all these other toxins, we do need to be really aware to try and help those processes work as much as they can. So number one, purified water. Okay. Um, The answer I get most often from my patients, how much water do you drink a day? not enough. (laughs) Okay. And uh, the majority of people kind of fall into this camp. Coffee is not water. Tea is not water. Soft drink is not water. Okay. So we need to be drinking around that eight cups um, or two liters a day. It's fine. And it needs to be purified because if you're drinking tap water, you're getting chlorine, you might be getting fluoride, but you're also getting heavy metal contaminants and other things depending on where you're living and where that water's coming from. So having enough- You could be getting pharmaceutical drugs and birth control. And like, uh, it's so Mm. scary. Like- Oh, you're infertile. You might be drinking birth control out of your tap because people flush disgusting things. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, absolutely. So a really good quality water filter is important um, because that's going to help to flush both through the kidneys, but also through the gut and digestive system. The other really big one is fiber. Okay. So fiber is good for your gut microbiome, of course, and a lot of the detoxification will happen in your gut microbiome. But fiber is really important because it binds to the toxins and it carries it out of the body. So if you have a diet that's low in fiber, what happens is the digestive system becomes slower. You will reabsorb the toxins that your body is trying to eliminate. If you're not passing a bowel movement every single day, or if you are and they're hard or pellety, um, I can tell you now that you're going to have increased toxins because of that. And in fact, coming back to endometriosis, I find a large proportion of women with endo have a long-standing history of chronic constipation. Okay, And this is this buildup of hormones. The body's trying to get them out, but it's also really good at recycling. So if it sits in the gut for too long, it's going to actually recycle that. And fiber, we're going to find in plant foods. Okay. So 
whole grains, gluten-free whole grains like brown rice, buckwheat, quinoa, millet um, in nuts and seeds. We're going to find fiber in fruit and vegetables and especially the peels of fruit and vegetables. So for instance, with a potato, 90% of the fiber is in the skin. And what do we normally do with it? (laughs) We peel it, right? And throw away the best bit. (laughs) So don't peel your carrots, don't peel your potatoes, get a nice little natural bristle brush and just give it a good scrub, right? As we were talking about earlier, it won't hurt you to eat a little bit of dirt if it's organic. Okay. So I do organic potatoes. I scrub them I actually don't mind if a little bit of dirt's left on there I throw them in the pot I throw them in the oven and not like crazy amounts right there's not chunks of dirt on there um, but I'm not as pedantic as, as I maybe once would have been but I need to know where it's coming from other sources of fiber legumes so lentils chickpeas and beans are fantastic sources of fiber as well so even if you eat meat really everyone needs to have a plant-based diet okay so even if meat is on top of that it should be mostly plants and a big variety of different plants So fiber is really important and people don't talk about it enough. It's not sexy like cacao or maca or chia seeds, um, but fiber. I know, but it's it's so more important than any any of those things like foundations, fiber. The other thing is a family of vegetables called cruciferous vegetables. So cruciferous vegetables are everyone's favorites as a kid, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, radishes. This family of vegetables has a thing called indole compounds in them. So we prescribe them to our patients in clinic in concentrated amounts. But if you eat them every day, what these indole compounds will do is they'll help you to detoxify estrogen down a healthy pathway, which is really important for preventing fertility issues, preventing breast cancer as well. And uh, cruciferous vegetables have been found to be cancer preventative in general. So they're a really important food to have in your diet every single day. And a way that you could up that if you're finding you're not getting enough is you could do something like making a cauliflower soup and having that for your snacks instead of more snacky foods, stuff like that, you know, roasting these vegetables as well to give them different flavors. You know, there's only so much steamed broccoli you can eat, but you just need to be (laughs) a little bit innovative with with getting these into the diet. Um, The other group of foods that I would recommend are the spices. So turmeric being obviously one of the biggest ones. Turmeric's the most well-researched herb when it comes to all kinds of health benefits. But in regards to detoxification, it helps to upregulate your phase one and two detox. And what that does is it's the it's the way that your de- your cells are detoxifying to help to remove stuff out of the system. So turmeric is a really excellent one to include in the diet. Um, a little tip with turmeric: it needs fat to absorb. So if you're having juice with turmeric in it, you're probably not actually going to be absorbing much of the good stuff. It really needs to have that oil or fat. So for instance, if you're making a turmeric latte. Um, which um, yeah, I don't know if that's really big like matcha lattes in the US, but it is here at the moment. The turmeric latte has a few different spices, but you might want to add an extra teaspoon of coconut oil into that, which will help you absorb those good compounds from it. Yay, that's what I do. Oh, that's how I make mine. Winning. <laughs> yep. And it's yum. It makes it really creamy and delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there, there are some of the key things that you want to include in your diet. A whole food diet, you know, a whole food organic diet is, is where you really want to go with this. But those three things I think are the most important. Yeah, those are really good. Thank you so much. And I do appreciate the fact like what you said is like, yes, our bodies are constantly detoxing, but when we are overloading them with toxins at all times, whether it's our lifestyle choices or the environmental factors that we often can't control, or we just don't know about whether it's the coffee lids or the plastic bottles, we don't even know we're doing it. It's like the body can only detox so much. So we have to assist it today. We don't know what the Wi-Fi is doing to us. We don't know what the cell phone radiation is doing to us. Like, you know, there are people saying things and studies and conspiracies 
conspiracy theories, but I want to be on the safe side. So I'm going to get in all my greens that I can, all my superfoods that I can, all my fruits and vegetables that I can so that I'm assisting my body in detoxing at all times. And like you said, the purified water. And I very often do my juice cleanses, which I do juice, soups, sometimes smoothies. Sometimes I do just liquid. Sometimes I do liquid with fiber. Just depends on where I am and what I'm doing. But those are temporary cleanses to reset my body's like natural point so that I can detox a bunch of stuff out and kind of start from zero again. And yeah, things are going to build back up. That is just life. That is what happens. I'm not going to stop drinking a glass of wine once in a while. So I'm going to enjoy my life, but I'm also going to make sure that I give my body the breaks that it needs and also consistently help it to detox. Same. And this is where we resonate really closely because I do the same thing, you know, and I, I like to live my life. I like wine. I like chocolate. Sometimes I like pizza, you know, that's, that's my life. (laughs) Um, But I also love doing fasting detoxes and juice cleansers, you know, and that type of thing as well and retreats. So it's balance, you know, it's finding how can you nurture yourself? Because sometimes having a glass of red wine with the girlfriends is nurturing for your soul. Absolutely. Yes. hundred percent. Celebration with your girlfriend. But if you can make it organic, it'd be really good because red wine or all wine is really high in pesticides just because grapes are really high in pesticides. So just be aware of that. Coffee and tea are also very high in pesticides. So this is where have these things, but just be aware if you've got the option, go organic if you can. Yeah, I totally agree. And I try to do as little pesticides, as little sulfites, as organic as possible when it comes to what I purchase in terms of coffee, tea, wine, whatever it may be. But then sometimes you're out and you can't control it. And that's when I give myself grace and I go, you know what, I'm going to be fine because I am naturally detoxing tomorrow and yesterday. And and this is where creating that great foundation, you know, make your everyday diet awesome so that you can eat out and you can do other stuff and you don't feel like you're guilty or it doesn't affect your body because you're able to be a bit more robust because of that foundation that you've built. Exactly. This is why we're the same. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're basically twins. (laughs) Uh, We totally are. I just wish we lived closer, but I know that you're going to hopefully come visit me in 2020. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, I absolutely will. Um, But before we wrap up, I do want to touch on something that we are both extremely passionate about, and it is the next level when it comes to what we're talking about. And it's how I got into the next level of healing because I started with the food, you know, my story, my losing both of my parents to cancer, realizing the Western medicine model had failed them, thinking there had to be a better way, going off on a journey and realizing food had the ability to kill us or heal us, went plant-based, started detoxing, doing all the things and was still, and and was doing phenomenally, uh, phenomenally, but was still not 100% until I discovered the emotional connection when it comes to our gut health, when it comes to how I was feeling and what I was telling myself every day and how I was dealing with my trauma and grief. So I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, the emotional components, the emotional connection. You know, I think they say the gut is the second brain. So we've got to be treating that right so that our brains can function. So what are your thoughts? I know I just yeah. gave you a lot. I'm sorry. No, I just that's went on a tangent. perfect. Perfect. Um, so my story is I grew up in a home with domestic violence. My father was an alcoholic, very abusive man, both verbally and physically. And long story short, as a result of that, I ended up addicted to heroin when I was 15 years old. So I'd left home by the age of 14. I was couch surfing. But when I was 15, I was living on the streets of Melbourne in the city, um, homeless for about six months. And I was very fortunate because um, a little angel tapped on my shoulder and I got offered to move to North Queensland with this friend of mine, which I was telling you the story um, 
earlier on and it literally saved my life. But it wasn't until I began to study naturopathy several years later that I really started to look at my trauma and and what had gone on with that. And uh, it's taken a long time, you know, to unravel that and understand what it means. But I've made so many shifts and discoveries in my life that it's something really I'm really passionate about. And personally, I've seen 4,000 clients one-on-one. So I've seen them go through the journey and the trauma. And I guess because of what I've been through, I've always had this really strong emphasis on emotional wellness and looking at your stuff. And the way that I did it was I got exposed to energetic healers and hypnotherapists. And not so much, I didn't do a lot of psychology and counseling counseling, but I did a lot of self-discovery around that emotional wellness side from different practitioners over the years. And I feel like that for a lot of us, we're taught to disconnect from our emotions. It's like, I just get on with it or bury it or how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And because we have this disconnection with our emotions, these traumatic events happen and we move on, but we don't actually heal from it. So it means that we've gone through the event, but we haven't actually properly healed. And those emotions have to go somewhere and be expressed somehow. And what ends up happening is that they can express themselves as disease and illness. And this isn't a woo-woo concept. So we know that people die of heart attacks more often after the death of a loved one. Okay, so this is science. But also they can be expressed as repeating cycles. So, for instance, we might have an abusive partner, um, which then puts us in another cycle of just the same thing happening over and over again. And we always end up with these guys that are real dicks right and are are causing problems in our life and we all we've all seen that in ourselves or our friends these repeating cycles that happen so we call them at shift cycles of similarity where you're you're reliving stuff over and over and you're not progressing through that so to be, be able to progress through that we need to bring awareness to what is happening and we need to really understand that effect that those emotions and trauma can have in our body and where they come from so I um, am a really big believer in looking at what's gone on through the childhood, what's happened in this lifetime, but also are there past lives that have affected us into now, you know, and this is where for people who are new to this, it can be like a little bit confronting, but there's a lot more to us than it would seem. We're more than just our skin and bones. And if we don't dig a little bit deeper and look at these darker parts of ourselves, it means we can't progress. And the thing with emotional healing, physical healings, I wouldn't like can be difficult and challenging, but looking at the shitty parts of yourself that hurt, that's hard, right? It's confronting. It doesn't feel good. Like it's uncomfortable. So you do have to lean into the discomfort if you want to heal, I believe, and and understand that it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Like there are darker parts of yourself that you might need to look at. And this isn't about reliving trauma per se, but it's really about acknowledging what's inside of you and what's really going on beneath the surface um, because we each have our own story. And if we can really be honest with ourselves and get that support to be able to identify those deeper layers and emotions, that is the money step. That is a step that changes lives. You know, like the green smoothies and stuff will give you the energy, but it's dealing with the emotions and moving through that that gives you your joy back. And and the way that I describe it for me is, and because and this is an ongoing process, this never ends, right? So I still have healings and do my stuff and have things that come up. But the way it feels like for me that when I detox this these emotions and work through that, it's, it feels like I'm home. And that feeling of home, I'm just like, oh, there I am. Like, you know, you've removed all these layers of stress and tension and all that stuff and you just come home. And I think that's what it's really about is a lot of us, we're walking around existing, we're not living and we're not home. We're just kind of surviving. Yeah. I mean, everything you just said, I just want to say mic drop because (laughs) it is literally, I don't know anyone who's ever put it so 
so clearly and so simply that it makes sense. And we've got to heal our past wounds in order to have a good present and a good future because otherwise we stay stuck in the past, whether we know it or not. And I know when I'm stuck because then I'm yelling at someone in traffic that I shouldn't be yelling at because they cut me off. Who am I really mad at? You know? Yep. And I know when I'm in a good place when they cut me off and I go, go with grace and ease. Yep. Hope you get to where you're going really quickly. <laughs> you know? And there's such a difference. My um, highest value is self-responsibility. And, and this is where it's, I really believe that we create everything that's happened to us, whether it's conscious or not. So things are brought into our life, things, things that happen. And it's, it's this creation of this and we're learning through it. So whenever something bad happens in my life, the first thing I do is go, all right, what am I needing to learn here <laughs> or what haven't I learned here or what am I attracting here or how am I feeling because of this? Um, a good example of this would be I got divorced from my husband almost three years ago now and I very quickly entered into another relationship with this man and it was on again, off again and he didn't treat me great, like it wasn't good. But what the gift it gave me, in hindsight, didn't feel like it at the time, was that I really felt like I wasn't good enough. And the not good enough complex is something that most of us run, um, as women especially, is this whole, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I don't have this, you know. And he triggered the hell out of me with that over and over and over again until I got it. And I was like, oh oh no, this isn't me. This is him. <laughs> this isn't right, me. Right. Yeah. But we, we blame ourselves. So these things happen and immediately we blame ourselves, but it's, what is it triggering in you? What is it making you feel and experience? And the other really great question that I ask myself and I get my clients to ask themselves when they're going through these emotions and feelings, is it real? You know, so as soon as we have this thought process, like I'm this or that, or a story, is it real? Or is it something that you're creating? Um, because we all make these stories up about these, and they're very elaborate and specific, <laughs> the stories that we create around what's going on in our life, you know, like, oh, this is happening because they don't like me and they must be thinking this and et cetera. And we make up this whole narrative that really doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's your mind is really trying to create this story to try and quieten down that voice inside of you. So is it real is a really good question to ask yourself. Yeah, that is a good one. And I do find myself in those situations. And I think it's a practice. It is not something that we do once or twice or a few times and cry it out and let it go. And then we're done. We are always healing. We are always practicing. And the more tools that I acquire into my toolbox, and then the more often I am able to practice, then the less often I have to practice. Yeah. And the more natural it comes because it's, it seems challenging to do this at first. It's just, it doesn't seem natural because we haven't been doing that as a second nature. But once you can train yourself to do this and it doesn't have to take a week, you know, it could take a year, could take three years. It means that you're a different person and you will react differently and you will respond differently. And sure, you'll get triggered back into your stuff. Every time I go and stay with my family, boom. Okay. Well, <laughs> your, tr your tr triggers can still happen. Right. But it's just about being strong. And and, um, and being, okay, well, and this is where I, I talked about earlier, that kindness and compassion. Don't beat yourself up for not being perfect with this stuff. You know, you're human. It's not going to come every time. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally overreacted with that. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. You know, next time I'll, I'll try a bit better. That's all you can do. I could not agree more. Well, Catherine, it has been such a pleasure. You have the book, Get Well, Stay Well. You've got your organization, The Shift Clinic, your amazing podcast, The Shift. Give us the goods, shameless self-promotion time. Where can everyone find you, stalk you, all that good stuff? So if you go to theshiftclinic.com, 
and click on podcast. You can you can access the podcast there. Also, if you search The Shift um, right now in your podcast app, you can easily find that. You can stalk me on Instagram. The handle is Catherine Maslin, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-M-A-S-L-E-N. Um, and I'm also on Facebook and around as well. Yes, I am stalking you now. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Always great catching up with you. I'm so glad we did this and I can't wait to see you. Hopefully when you come here in 2020 and maybe we can do an in-person podcast for your show and mine. I'd love to. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.